All right, we are reaching back, way back into the archives again and pulling out an old goodie from uh, the, the Fearlessly Questioning series. If you remember back at the beginning of June, uh, I had I pulled out an interview from a friend of the show, friend of Agency Nation, Marcus Sheridan, an interview I did with him almost three years ago. And then one of my new insurance BFFs for everybody that subscribed to the Agency Nation newsletter uh, this past Sunday's email was... Uh, kind of spurred from a conversation that broke out on Facebook from my new friend Bradley Flowers talking about um, YouTube. And we obviously, if you read the email, you know all about that. But in addition to that conversation, uh, spawned another thing where Bradley had asked me to participate in a little video that he put together uh, asking a bunch of you know, agents that he knew what success meant to them. And so I was, I was just kind of thinking about that, you know, obviously uh, for the last couple of days. And I was going back and reaching into the archives, came across this good one that I did with the founder of Content Marketing Institute and Content Marketing World, Joe Polizzi, uh, back in December of 2014. And again, talking about successful habits and how to form them and how to follow them. He had he has this like rigid, I think six or seven list of habits that he follows. And it was I just I was listening to it. And I was like, man, this is like all of this stuff is like still very true today you know successful habits don't really go out of style or fashion and i thought this is a pretty good way to, to start monday and so i thought i thought it'd be fun i wanted to dig it up so without further ado we're pulling it way back out of the archives for you and we're fearlessly questioning successful habits with mr joe polizzi so enjoy There's not one way to get there. You know what? There's 200 different plans. They're absolutely unique. When you look at success, I want to know what's the number one thing that determines success. Is it financial? Is it spiritual? Is it family? That's something that I that I look at because I mean, as I told you, I put mine in six different categories. I have certain ones set at the top that are more important than the others. I would like to know what did they put first, and and what you put first actually makes all the difference in the world because those affect all the other goals going forward. Everybody's so busy, and I'm like looking at them. I'm like, busy doing what? What, what are you? What's the? What is your goal? What are you trying to do? And they, in a lot of cases, they don't have an answer. Joe Polizzi, are you ready to fearlessly question today? I am absolutely ready, my friend. Let's do it. All right, fantastic. You hold the distinguished honor of being the first fellow Clevelander to join me on the show. We've actually met twice in person. It was very briefly both times. I doubt you remember them, but it is nice to be among my people here today. <laughs> I absolutely do. No, you need more Cleveland representation. We need I, to do something about that. Well, there's you and there's we got to get Jeff Roars on the show. I think he's another fellow Clevelander. Uh, absolutely. That, that, but we'll see what we can do about that. But yeah. um, So... Um, we won't bring people down with our usual Clevelandness, and we'll try and keep things upbeat and, and moving in the right direction. <laughs> and um, I promise we'll do our best not to make it a Cleveland show. I can't promise that it won't happen, but uh, it just 
it just might. But Joe, the first fearless question that I have for you, just to kind of get things going in the right direction, um, what is one of the most unimpressive tasks that you kind of, uh, when you do it, it just blows your mind when you do it well? Unimpressive tasks? Yeah, like an unimpressive task. Man, this is like like a monkey could do this, but I'm so excited I did this really well right now. Um, I I would maybe just the the art of blogging. I think is well, there, you know, let me. I think you're giving people a little bit too much credit with that one. <laughs> you know what? I have probably have to say actually, uh, podcasts. I um I did not realize the power of podcasts, and actually. Uh, before I started, so I'm, I'm on my second podcast now. I actually thought, oh man, I got to learn something. It's going to be so hard. I mean, I, and then really, in a matter of a weekend, read enough on it, got a decent microphone, got working. And what you, I think what you don't realize is that it's the consistency that's the most important thing. Everybody says it's got to be the quality of content, and yes, of course, that's table stakes, the quality of content. But just the fact that you're consistently doing it every week, and I've got we've got one show that's almost up to 60 episodes. And then I just launched Content Inc. Uh, for the last couple weeks, and uh, it's just you know if these programs fail, they fail because they're not consistent, and and that's the the biggest issue that I think businesses have. You must you have you've you've got a bar set really high then, because I mean I was thinking like really like I'm talking like putting a new roll of paper towels on the rack thing. Like I guess when I when I was thinking of this question, you know I mean like uh, what I what made me think of this question was I was feeling we have like an olive oil thing next to the stove that we kind of use like outside of the actual traditional olive oil bottle, and I just filled that without spilling any into the little hole, and I was like yes, I mean, that's kind of, that's what I was hoping for, but. I will just assume then that you are really good at all of those things, and that that is, I guess, your 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 basement floor then. I well, I mean, if you want to get really like really set the bar low, I I think I do a fairly good job of cleaning cleaning when I do it. I'm a, an exceptional uh, person. If you want to really get something clean, I will come in there and I will do a fantastic job. The challenge is getting me to do it. Okay, so you're the, so you're it. you're the you're the deep cleaner. <laughs> Somebody send me in there. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it gets done right, right? Is that That's it? Exactly right. Absolutely. Maybe that'll be your new tagline. But um, <laughs> why don't we just kind of catch people up a little bit? Uh, I don't know if you know entirely why you're here or what we're going to do. That seems to be a, a trouble that I have communicating with most guests. But um, I want you to catch people up. Tell them your story as it relates to fearlessly questioning successful habits. Um, so I've been in publishing for the last 15 years and uh, decided to start a business uh, in 2007. I actually had a, you know, I had a list of no, a bunch of notebooks that I put together. I've done it for a long time. I've got notebooks all over my desk right now that I just jot ideas into. I always want to start a business. Finally, you know, my wife said, you know, are you talk about this enough. Are you going to do it or, or what? And decided to start a business. It's now called Content Marketing Institute. And uh, I've been doing that since, since 2007, as I said, writing books, blogs, putting on events all around uh, content marketing. And, of course, in Cleveland, as you know, we hold the big content marketing world event. And uh, we're just trying to figure out how, the, how brands can tell better stories. And we're trying to be the education providers for that. So, and that's, been, so that, that's the overview. Now, specifically, your question, lay it on me. What, what's, what do you want me to dig into on that? Well, I think we'll get there. I just wanted people to kind of know your journey. Well, because the reason that we set this, well, the reason that I kind of, I didn't, you know, you didn't approach me and say, hey, Joe, you got to be on the show. I said, the reason I approached you to be on the show was um, from your bold talk that you gave at HubSpot's Inbound 14 conference. 
and uh, you talked about kind of uh, more or less a turning point uh, that you kind of when you adopted these things that you started doing that you find kind of attributed to you know actually yeah. achieving the things that you set out. Um, so we're going to kind of go after that uh, in a yeah. couple different ways, um, which was a fantastic talk, by the way, and I try to do Thank some you. of your things, and I'm going to tell you as we go on through the show that I have yet to fully be successful at any of them, so we can laugh at my misfortune here. But the first question, the first real fearless question that I have for you is, um, should we try to create exact copies of these successful habits? No, I don't think so. I think everybody finds what works for them. Uh, you know, for me specifically to that talk you're, you're uh, referencing, what I found was I wasn't focused on anything. I was pretty much all over the place, and I had to figure out a way that, I, that would get me more focused. Uh, actually, I just read a passage uh, yesterday. You know, Jack Ma, who's the founder of Alibaba, he was runner-up for Times Person of the Year, so I was reading the article on Alibaba, and he had a really good quote, and I'm not going to say this right, but something like, if you fight in the ocean, you will lose. If we end up fighting in the river, we will win. And I, and that just resonated with me, and I think that so many entrepreneurs and business owners or whatever you're doing need to focus on that because I, I you know. If you're not focused, if you're not focused on something that you can really be an expert in, and I don't care what it is, it could be cleaning things, it could be putting the soap in, whatever the container is, be the best at something, and writing, and what I ended up doing, and you know from that talk, I realized that my goals were sort of in my head, I didn't have them focused, and each day I would get up and I'd work on different things because I didn't know where the ship was heading, and I started to write down those goals. And then specifically, after reading, I wrote, read the book by Grant Cardone, which is the 10X Rule, which is a fantastic book. I recommend it for everyone. But then I started to separate those goals into multiple categories around uh, financial issues, spirituality, phil philanthropic needs, family needs, and then started to really say, well, what, do I, what, what, do, what do I want my family to be? How do I want my involvement in that family? What do I want to do financially? Uh, spiritually, how is this, you know, where do I want to go? And I think thinking about that was critical. And then the, the wrapper on all that is reviewing it every day. And that's kind of the one thing that I do differently than most people do is actually reviewing those goals. Now, do you, does everyone have to do this? No, I don't think so to be successful, but I think it, it absolutely helps what I see most people doing, even running a business or not. They're, um, they get involved, they get caught up in email, they get up during the day, they don't really know what they're doing. What I know is when I get up, I read those goals, I know what I want to do based on that, and then I set sub-goals based on those big overriding goals, and it, I, don't, I, I just couldn't survive without it, Joey, because I, I, I wouldn't know where I'm headed for that day. So you really get focused. And then when I don't, sometimes I miss a day, it's all over the place. So for me, that has helped. I think it'll help a lot of people too, but I don't think it has to go for everyone. I don't think there's just one way to be successful. Um, well, at least if Content Marketing Institute doesn't work out, we know we've got your next business idea in line for an awesome deep cleaning business. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm into it. <laughs> all right. Um, no, but okay. So now maybe now tell me if I'm wrong. But if I remember correctly, the that that kind of practice of those habit of, of writing those down didn't that come from like a book that you read? Like wasn't that something that that person that author had had kind of mentioned in a book that, that you were reading, or did you? Yeah, make so that the, kind of absolutely. There's there's uh, there's three books that made a huge impact on that goal setting. 
and thinking about what I wanted to do and what the impact I wanted to make on the world. The first one was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, by the way, it's a very sexist book. It was written, I think, in 1938. So if you can look past that, uh, some very uh, really amazing um, thoughts and activities that you should do just about your mindset. So ch getting your mindset ready for what you want to do and the, and the goals that you want to pursue. So that was the first thing. The second one was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the second habit is the one that really resonated, resonated with me, and that's begin with the end in mind. And I think whatever people are doing with me, let's make it to me personally, I know that if I'm going forward with an activity or a project, I need to know what the end result is. By the way, just sidebar into marketing. That's why a lot of marketing fails, because they focus on the activity and not the goal. So going back to that, so those those two books, and then it was the 10x rule that I put the wrapper on top of that that really said, okay, are you writing down those goals and are you reviewing those goals in these categories on a regular basis? And that's like the trifecta, education trifecta for me that really changed everything. So I, I Think and Grow Rich I read in, in 2005, six. Um, uh, Seven Habits I read uh, you know a few years after that, and then 10x rule I read in 2010. And sort of now in 2014, 2015, here's where you know here's where we're at, making all the difference. So, yeah, because I think well, and I guess maybe maybe I I I took it a little bit the wrong way because I kind of felt like from your talk it se it seemed like you had kind of pulled them out like and maybe pieced them together a little bit, but it felt like you you really kind of stuck with what worked for that other person. Was that a, I mean, or did you do a little bit more to kind of overlay your own personality to those habits? Um, I took. I took a lot of what they said, but I did not copy it. Um, I took the, I mean, there's, if you read Think and Grow Rich, there's some areas that I don't believe in, but there's enough. I mean, that's why when I read a book, I'm looking for one thing that's going to change my life in any book that I read. So those are the things that stuck with me. I don't, wouldn't say I followed it line by line, but I meshed those three together. So yeah, I mean, in general, yes, but not overall just because, I mean, it's the same thing when we go and we advise on content marketing approaches. There's not one way to get there. I've seen it work, you know, I've been on 200 different engagements for these big enterprises for content marketing, and you know what, there's 200 different plans. They're absolutely unique, but they take the principles of, you know, what we're talking about and specifically in goal setting and what we want to do, and that's all the same. So then, I guess the big question here is, is how do you kind of determine when you should kind of adapt something or when you could just kind of have to grind it out and say like this is the part that needs to be this is the hard work or where is it well I can give a little bit on this this might work better for me um, I think it's a lot of it is experimentation um, what I do know and realized and so what so whatever tactic or strategy that that I've looked at I've got to give it time it's the same thing in this way I think about because I'm I don't know if you're a runner are you a runner do you do you Run on a regular basis. I, I'm not a runner. I I, I do everything but run. I, I <laughs> if you said anything about me, it's not running. Uh, I, if I had to classify myself, I'd say I'm a P90X guy. If I had to do something. Oh, that's well, that's fantastic. So I mean, so you'll this will resonate with you. But I I don't like anything else but running. I enjoy running. I enjoy kind of getting away and thinking a little bit. It sort of takes all that stress away, and. When I started, I ran in high school um, across country. I was fairly decent at it, and then I stopped running for 20 years. You know, life gets in the way, right? And then I started to run again, and it was it's it's deflating when you used to be a runner and then you start to run again. And I I literally ran down the block and I'm winded and I had to stop. And then the next day I got made it a half a mile. 
and the next day I made it a mile. And you keep working and working. So, you know, at first you'd say, well, geez, this is, this is terribly hard work. I don't know if this is going to work, but it really didn't see that it was going to work well for me until I got to three to six month mark. And I stayed with that consistently. So I think that's where most people give up. I mean, just so let's take this to, you know, I always bring examples back to marketing. Let's take marketing. Uh, when I started my blog in 2007, April 26th of 2007, had the first blog post, first six months, you know, nobody, I think my mom was the only one that ever read any blog post I ever put together and she had no idea what I was talking about. I didn't have much of an audience. If I would have looked at that at six months, I'd have said, boy, Joe, you failed on this. You didn't bring, get any audience at all. Three months later, totally different story. It really started to pick up, started to gain an audience. Then nine months after that, unbelievable the difference. So I think that it's all about um, you know picking what works for you, but then just doing it consistently and committing to that. And I think you've got to sort of work within yourself. How long are you willing to give it? I already knew that when I was good, like the podcast, for example, when Robert Rose and I started the podcast, we said we will absolutely, no matter what happens, we will do this for 52 episodes, one full year. And then after 52, we'll review and see how it went. Well, we knew before then it was going to be a success, but at the beginning we didn't know, but we had to make that commitment from a time standpoint to get there. And I'm glad uh, we normally do something else right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on this little side side path here real quick. I think what you brought up, I, I would call it maybe the uh, progress distraction of we kind of continue to uh, fill our heads with these different new habits, but you know we don't really see see through the old ones that we kind of wanted to actually implement, or we guess we don't really take time to understand like the progress that we have made. Do you see that as a common theme with with a lot of people? Um, you mean the the part about just you know, get, doing something but getting lost along the way. Well, I mean, so when you start to, so we all keep we all keep listening to podcasts, we all keep reading blog posts, we all keep doing these things to you know keep filling our head with more ideas that are really not any better or worse than the ones we had before. They're just distracting us from continuing to stick with what we had originally. Uh, do you think that not that it doesn't let us to see that progress as clearly, or to, to I guess to to kind of say that it's it's uh, to validate it as much? I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how to answer that question, or if I'm reading. You can say, Joey, that was a, you can say, Joey, you can say you're fully aware. You're fully allowed on the show to say, Joey, that was a horrible question. Let's I, go to the next one. Well, no, no. I mean, I mean, so this is what I. When you were saying that question, this is what I thought of. Did, I read the article recently where um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and then Steve Jobs they talked about their wardrobe, and you know, Steve Jobs, of course, only wore one thing every day because he didn't want that additional power, uh, Did, mind power, to go towards something this, else. I'm sorry, go ahead. This is crazy. Did you read this? Because I just read the same thing like literally an hour before we did this thing. Are we? What What were you reading? Hey, this from? it's it, see, it finally got to Cleveland. Yeah. It just took it just took a while to get. Like, get it was Cleveland. an email I got. It was about right. Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs wardrobe. Yeah, so you probably saw the and you saw the Mark Zuckerberg one. Yeah. That said, you know, he wears the gray T-shirt every day and whatever because of the process. So, what I, one of the as I wear, you can't. I don't know if you can see this. I got orange stripes in here. I got orange shoes on. I got my orange watch. Uh, I have I have a very limited wardrobe supply uh, with with just fluctuations around how much orange am I going to wear in that particular day. That's it. So I know getting up, I know exactly I got these socks, these shoes, this watch, and I don't spend any more time. Th that that's something I learned just over the past couple of years, sort of added to my repertoire. I think it's better. I think it's helping. Uh, from not only a processing issue, but just from an overall branding issue. 
So I think to you know, I think that I don't think we ever get it. I mean, I think you go ahead and you'll end up passing away someday. Do you ever get the this perfect thing, this perfect way of living? But I think we're always searching to do better. So I don't think you ever get a process and say, This is it. I'm done. I think you got I mean, I want to learn if I don't learn something new in a day, I think I probably failed. So I can add to that and become better in some way. I have seen your orange shoes in person and they are fantastic. Um I tried to outdo you on the orange today. I don't know if I was successful or not, but uh, you, I am totally impressed that you are wearing orange. I actually, if any, your color, is that your color though? Are you? Uh, the... Yes and no. So if anybody watches the show, I wear two shirts basically for every hangout. So I just kind of flip flop. This is one of them. Uh, the color of the site. So I just kind of said I'll wear an orange shirt to go with the site, and I got the gray tie. So love it. It makes it makes a difference. I think people don't think about that enough. Where uh, you you have so many chances to differentiate yourself. Clothing is one of them, and I think we need to we need to spend more time on that. Really, it boils down to and nobody's ever given me the opportunity to say this on the show yet, but it really just boils down to my really core desire to be like a cartoon character in real life, where I get I get to wear the same thing every day. That's, that's kind perfect. of the motivation. That, if that's a goal, then you're accomplishing that. Yeah. So at least I get that. So you have absolutely no preparation for what I'm about to do now, but uh, every guest that comes on the show, uh, I like to give you a little bit of a break and turn the tables on everybody listening or watching with us. Uh, it's your turn to ask the audience a fearless question of your own, something that you kind of maybe have always wanted to know the answer to, but weren't sure how people would react to it. Um, I guess I would like to say what, when you look at success, uh, I want to know what's the what's the number one thing that determines success for the audience is, and that's is it um, is it Financial? Is it spiritual? Is it family? Um, that's something that I that I look at because I mean, as I told you, I put mine in six different categories, and uh, I have certain ones set at the top that are more important than the others. And I guess from the audience standpoint, I guess as they define success, I would like to know what do they put first, and and what you put for, first actually makes all the difference in the world because those affect all the other goals going forward. All right. Well, if anybody wants to chime in that is watching live, feel free. We'll go ahead and kind of work those in as we uh, slowly start to wrap up here with, with Joe. Um, so let's talk about quickly, and this kind of piggybacks off of what we were talking about slightly before that, um, is why are we kind of fascinated with the idea of, of, of this improvement, but yet we kind of get lost in the kind of implementation or action of it? I think everybody wants to go to the shiny disco ball of, of tactics. Um, so whether you're talking about, I know you're probably specifically focusing on individual success, but I always look at that because, I mean, I was just at another company today. Don't skip ahead, don't skip ahead of me yet, Joe. That's, that's the next question coming. Don't assume you know where we're going with this thing. So yeah, so it's, 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 go ahead, continue. I don't want to interrupt. I'm a I, think it's, I think it's human nature to focus on the small tactical things and to get inundated with that and you don't see the big picture. And that's why, for me personally, if I'm not if I'm not seeing what is the overall goal, I could sit literally all day. Personally, I could sit in front of a computer all day and just sit in front of my email, all day long. Email, email, just creating activity. But if I don't know that, oh, I've got to set this time to email and this time to email because I'm not going to get these projects done because it's going to commit to that goal, I'm in trouble. That's where I mean, and to be honest with you, I have some really close friends of mine 
I've had discussions with, and the, I see them doing. They're so busy. Everybody's so busy, and I'm like looking at them. I'm like, busy doing what? What? What are you? What's the? What is your goal? What are you trying to do? And they, in a lot of cases, they don't have an answer. You just, oh, I'm just busy. I'm, 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 and and I think in a lot of cases, when you get to your jobs, you actually feel you're, you feel like you're compensated for activity. And 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 by the way. A lot of employers compensate on activity. Uh, which I think it's completely wrong. I love that, Joe. That drives me nuts. If I if I could like start some sort of campaign, that might be one of them. Well, uh, I, and it all kind of ties back to that question that you asked too, does it not? It's like, what do you want out of out of everything? Uh, Lon gives a pretty good answer. He says, peace of mind. I think that's uh, something that we all could probably. Uh, look forward to. Uh, I think the, what I would kind of take a spin on that, and I, I didn't take my opportunity to answer your, answer your question when you asked it, but um, I kind of want the, uh, I want the ability to do the things that, um, you know, I know are necessarily aren't the, are the most, uh, let's say, okay, if I could, I'd want to play video games, like, every day, if I could. So I want the time <laughs> to play video games, you know? Like, that's what I want. Like, I want to be able to not be busy with all that stuff that you're talking about and play a video game every now and then, you know? Isn't that everybody's goal, to kind of do the things that they want as opposed to the things, like you said, sitting in front of their email? Oh, well, I mean, to that point, one of the real one of the reasons I left my corporate job was I was traveling. I was doing a lot of travel. I still do a lot of travel, but I was traveling on their time. I was I had to go exactly where they told me to go, uh, even if I agreed with that decision or not, and that's just the way it was. Um, now I can choose the travel. I can choose to take my family with me on the travel. Uh, now I have, you know, my kids are 11 and 13. Two boys are 11 and 13 now, but when I started the business, they were two and seven. And uh, I felt like I was going to miss out. So I'm, I'm more strategic about making those decisions because family is, is, you know, those two kids are pretty important and they're going to be out of the house before you know it doing their own thing. Um, so that was, that was critical. Yeah, and um, kind of along that same line, uh, Theodora says, you know, for me, success is creating such an environment around your writing and living that allows adventurous journeys with many discoveries, so on and so forth, that you can connect the dots with. So I think that's kind of what you were saying with the kids and you know, taking advantage of those those opportunities. Um, one of the last fearless questions that I will bring up for you, there might be one or two that, that pop up in between here, but this is pretty much the last one that, that I've got for you. Uh, and, you know, kind of talking about how, you know, uh, you think we're focusing on the individuals, but this is where we're ultimately going with this, is how important is it for these habits to exist beyond the 9 to 5? Well, we're not just our jobs, right? Uh, so these are, these are life goals. Your job, your career is part of the life goals. Um, so that's why when I was actually, I'll give you a, uh, an, exactual, ex an example of this. I was talking to one of my buddies who just started putting down their goals. And the goals were all financial and job related. And I'm like, that's great, but is that it? I mean, it's, you got it, you're married, you've got kids. I mean, like, is what, so okay, you make a lot of money, great. What's the payoff? The payoff has to be something else. So I think that um, if we're just thinking about it from the, the nine to five perspective and doing it, so why are you even working? I hope you're working for other reasons, that whether that is uh, philanthropic or whether that's family related or something like that. I don't know if people think about that. Uh, a lot of the people that I talk to, they're working so hard to get to the end of the day, then they're so exhausted, then they're oh, I'm getting home, watching TV, veg out, and then I'm on to the next day. Like boy, that was seemed like a wasted day. 
Plus, I'm doing all this activity during the day. I don't know why. And they're in a job that they don't even know what they want to do next. And what what is that career move? And that's I don't know if you're a fan of Chris Rock, which I, some I people are. I am. I mean, could so I, I, I not be? Like, you, you, you kind of ask that question like it's debatable. Like, <laughs> Some people are. So there's a, a, one of his skits. He does the jobs versus a career. And I don't know if you've seen that one, but yeah. he says, if you, you know, if you got a job, you know, God bless you. You keep that job. Keep working. But if you got a career, don't say anything to those people with jobs and making them feel bad. Because you're getting up every day, you're excited, you're working on your project, there's not enough time of the day. Don't be going and making those people that have jobs feel bad. Just shut up. And I just love that part. And uh, that resonate that resonates a lot with me because it, you know it's got to be the job has to mean something more, and that means including something outside of your career as well. That was a that was a pretty solid Chris Rock imitation. I give it a B minus. I think. Uh, <laughs> no, if I was going to do the imitation, I, uh, yeah, you couldn't. We we couldn't be doing this on air if I was going to do well, the imitation. Well, this is a family show. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously, uh, I guess what frustrates me a lot too is is people look at these these things in, in sort of a vacuum or a silo. You know, like you said, they don't understand that they all kind of work together. You know, um, even if you don't, you know, even if you're not making that connection right away, it's just. You're going to come home. You're going to come to your family, and uh, you know if you don't have that person on board with whatever you're trying to do, if you don't have time to actually, uh, you know, play. Even even I don't know if you're guilty of this. Like I'll be, you know, once I get done with whatever I'm doing, um, you know, during the day, I come down, I play with the kids, and it's like, ah, uh, I feel exhausted. It's like that's like, you know, how can I change my day to not feel that way when I, you know, by the time I get to see them, you know? That's great. That's an absolute perfect point. And I, I just, but the fact is that you're thinking about it where a lot of people don't, and that's. You know, at least at least you're, you know we're on our way because we're cognizant of we want to make a change and we want to do something differently and you have to at least realize it first. Well, let me ask it, and this will be the last one for you, and I promise. Uh, so, what has what has created that ability for us to not even be aware of that? Why 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 would you why would you say to me, uh, boy, that's great that you're thinking about that? Because I feel like again, like talking about where we started, like setting the bar, like would that not be kind of like the bar's a little little bit low there? That's a great that is a great question. Um, <laughs> I, you know, in thinking about some of the people, I'm not going to point it, but some of the people in my family, they didn't. I don't have, think they watched the show, Joe. I don't no, think that's fine. The but they, they didn't feel, you know, as they, you know, this is years ago, they didn't feel they had choices. This was the way it was. You did this to provide for your family. Don't ask any questions. Get it done go on to the next day and then hopefully your kids will be better off. And I think a lot of people that's bred into a lot of people where it's just okay, well, I majored in this, I got this job, I can't do anything else. I've I've got limited options. I don't think I've got the power to do anything else. Uh, what's amazing about the time we live in is that I think everybody if they think they can do something, they can do it. Um, I read, I watched it, I don't know if you um, listened to the Sean West podcast at all, I just, somebody just turned me on to it, um, he actually built a, a fairly large business by selling training to, for letter writing, on how to, gold world letter writing, and, which I didn't even think was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know it was a thing either, but he, 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 he created an audience around it sold these online training packages, and the first day he sold hundreds of thousands of dollars on this online training thing, 
and he and I was listening to his podcast, and he said, "Here's the weird thing." He's like, he asked the co-host, "Do you think a million dollars is a lot of money?" And he says, "Yeah, I think a million dollars is a lot of money." He says, "Here's the thing." So I says, "I don't want to be be arrogant about this, but I don't. I don't think it's a million dollars is a lot of thing because if you think a million dollars is a lot, maybe you'll get ten percent of that. But if you if you think that oh that's not very much, maybe a hundred million." You, I mean, so it's the it's the thought process that changes everything about what you do, and that's what he was saying. Is, is because I don't think a million dollars is a lot. I've got to set my sights higher, and I, I think back to Zuckerberg, right? For whatever you think about Zuckerberg, that guy thinks big. He thinks bigger than everyone else. I mean, he was thinking big from the start, where he, you know, he knows this is you know, okay, I'll give this up, I'll do this because this is going to be a multi-billion-dollar. Organization, a million dollars is nothing. And when the guy didn't have two nickels to rub together at the time, so it's just interesting. It's all about—I don't even know how I got on that tangent, Joey. But I think it's just so critical that we limit our thinking uh, for whatever reason, for upbringing, uh, for just—you know—I got the job and I feel steady. I'm secure in it. Um, I mean, what's risk? See, I feel it's having a job, uh, nine to five job in a lot of cases is way more risky with benefits even, than going off on your own and doing something else. Most people would disagree with that. I think staying in a job is risky, but, you know, but I, I used to think differently, but, I, you know, I've been trying to get myself out of that, and luckily I think a little bit differently now. Well, that's isn't that the 10X rule? I mean, I haven't read the book, but if of the books that I've been thinking about reading, that's the most most uh, one I would consider reading the most. But isn't that what the 10X rule is? Kind yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, they just think 10 times as big as anyone else. Uh, and that, and they do it naturally, um, setting the sights big. Well, let me just, and I think we'll end with this here. I promise. Um, is uh, you, you touched on? They just kind of do the work. They put their head down. I mean, isn't is is that a valuable trait? Assuming you can just kind of shift the mindset. To to think, you mean to to the thought process behind it? No, no. So just like so, that person that can just kind of put all that stuff out of their head and just go do the thing because that's what they were taught. They have that, and they kind of just you know do the job because it needs done. But if they could shift the mindset, wouldn't they be even ten times more dangerous? I don't know. What do you think? Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Interesting. I'm gonna, put you on the, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You ask the tough questions. Well, what I do think, you think. Well, the the reason that I asked the question is because, and this is the first for the show. Thank you, Joe, for this little <laughs> moment that we're sharing. I'm gonna throw it back at you. Um, so the reason that I brought it up is because, uh, so obviously, it takes a pretty enormous amount of uh, dedication and commitment to do something that you hate for an extended period of time until, I guess, to the point you become numb to it. Would I not be correct? So once you become numb, then it obviously isn't all that hard. But uh, I'd say that that person that can kind of just swallow it and and take that assuming they could shift that focus to something yeah. else that they, they understand the direction to, they're passionate about, would be even ten times more dangerous to us people who just whine and complain about the stuff we can't tolerate for more than five seconds. When you say dangerous, do you mean successful? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just... Okay, so but think you about know, it. You, you make a, you know, that's, a really, that's a really good point. I mean, think about that. you got somebody, and you and we all know, everybody watching this all knows, you've got certain people that they go in, I mean, they're relentlessly loyal going every day. They hate this job. I hate this job so much. I'm going in every day. Boy, that's that's amazing focus. We think on the wrong things, but you know, I totally get why that maybe they feel they have to. They have to provide for their families. They don't have a choice, whatever. What if you just move them off a little bit into this direction and said, no, you let's put that energy to a different place. 
I mean, that's why if you look at um, going to college sports, right? Look at anybody that's done college sports. Look at LeBron James. We're talking Cleveland, right? He made that decision to move off of football. He's playing football and basketball. And he says, well, if I'm going to be the greatest basketball player on the planet, I'm going to have to stop playing football because I've got to focus on this because these are where my goals are at. So I think if you spread yourself as your jack-of-all-trades, you know, I don't know if that's going to work. So I would totally do a full circle on that one, Joey. But well, I think I think, uh, I think uh, I think we can pretty much – I don't know if we can get any better than that. we got to end the show on a Cleveland reference for, for one. That was, in the, <laughs> that was in the contract that, you, that I sent over that we had to end the show on a Cleveland reference. Um, but, Joe, I do appreciate you taking the time. Um, what is one thing that you could kind of tell somebody today? We're approaching the time of year where everybody says, I'm going to do better next year. What is something that you would say to them to make that, that one small step today? Um, well, the first thing you could do is you need to get that time that you're not doing anything. I mean, like, I, I, you and I are throwing out this goal-setting stuff, and, like, it's it's easy. It's not easy. I mean, actually, figure the hardest part is actually figuring out what the heck do you want to do. <laughs> it's super hard. You actually have to set aside the time. I mean, if you talk to, like, uh, Jonathan Mildenhall used to be, uh, Vice President of Creative at, at Coca-Cola, and now he's CMO of uh, Airbnb. He said that the greatest things they did at Coca-Cola were the 10% of the things that they did, of all the 100 They did 70% of the stuff they just do all the time, the content creation, 20% little big picture stuff. 10% is that uh, amazing stuff that really, really takes off. And we ask him, well, that's the stuff that's really expensive. or what? He says, no, that's the stuff that's easy to do it's just we don't spend the time to think about it. We didn't spend the time to get in a room and brainstorm together and think about it. So I think that setting aside the time to do nothing, don't sit in front of the television, your iPad, your smartphone, whatever, and just think about this every day. Just start thinking about it, and then you'll get to the point where I can start writing these down, jotting these down, make it, and we call it in, in content marketing, making it real. If you have any kind of idea what you want to do, but you don't write it down and make it real, it doesn't exist. It's in your head. It's not real. So get that down there. Once you get that down on your on paper, you've made the first step, and then you can refine that process. All right, Joe. That is that is some good stuff. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, so the business is contentmarketinginstitute.com. The big event is contentmarketingworld.com, and then anything on me and my books and podcasts and everything you can find out at joepolizzi.com. Joe, one of my life goals is to uh, end up at Content Marketing World at some point in time. I actually asked you why I haven't been to Content Marketing World. You said because you're an idiot, and then I said, okay, fine, we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> because Joe is such a busy guy, we're actually, uh, at, you know, usually we wrap up these shows. I say now uh, we're gonna, you can go grab uh, Joe's answer to what fearless question he's most afraid to ask himself in his own life and business. Well, we're gonna go do that right now, so it'll be up on the site for you guys to hear uh, in just a bit. So, but I do appreciate you guys for taking the time. Uh, to be with us here today. Joe, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Take it easy, everyone. Thanks, Joe.